Welcome to Detour to Neverland, where you are the author of your own Disney story. There's a lot of satisfaction in developing ideas into realities. And you can find magic in your everyday life. If you do what you really want to do, you feel like you're playing. How can you write your first chapter today? Dreams are how we figure out where we want to go. Life is how we get there. I'm headed this way. We're your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. So welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 227. We are continuing our storytelling series, which you've, if you have not caught a past episode of these, what we're doing is we're taking a look at these different Disney attractions and trying to view them for, through a storytelling lens so that the next time you ride them, you either get a different emotion, you catch a different part of the story, get a deeper understanding of the story, or maybe some of the history of the attraction. So today is a ride that I feel like is controversial. I don't know. I, during my research, I found I was torn quite a bit on how I felt about this ride. Was it the same for you or is it pretty clear cut and dry for you? I think controversial is an interesting word. I mean, I think a lot of people uh, kind of recognize what it is for what it is. I mean, it's a thrill ride, but there is a story to it, which is something that is pretty new. I mean, it's something that we've talked about recently. You know, how can you actually incorporate a story into a roller coaster? But I think it's polarizing as far as, you know, people love it as far as, you know, Thrill ride aside, because a lot of people don't like, you know, roller coasters like this. But if you just look at the story and if you look at, you know, who is a part of the story. So Aerosmith, um, I think that's where it gets a little polarizing. I mean, is that safe to say? I think that's safe to say. I think that there's for me, it's hard to separate the story from the people, like you said, from the actual track and ride itself. So that's what I'm trying to juggle is to how to make sense of all of that and how to form an opinion or how to catch something new next time that we write it. So let's go ahead and lay some of that foundational work. We always like to cover some of the significant stats or, you know, just the beginnings of this. And so it opened on July 29th, 1999 and then MGM Studios. And it was part of this expansion to MGM Studios that came along with Tower of Terror. Did they open at the exact same time or rock and roller coaster was delayed a little bit after, right? It was. So if you look at the original concept art for, um, what is now Hollywood studio? So MGM at the time, um, sunset Boulevard was always a part of the plans. They just didn't, I guess, maybe have the means to do it right away. Um, I mean, I don't know exactly what they were thinking, but, you know, in that concept art for Sunset Boulevard, they had always planned for Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster, um, which is funny because at first it was going to be called Rocking Roller Coaster. So I still struggle with this. I still want to call it Rockin' R-O-C-K-I-N Roller Coaster. Not the rock hyphen, not hyphen. Rock in? Rock, the letter N, roller coaster. I really struggle with it. I don't know if anybody else does. What I struggle with here is wrapping my mind around that Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster were planned at the same time because there is such a big gap in um, the years that it took to get both of those done. Um, It's always just funny to me to know that they were a always a part of the original plan, but B they were being thought of and worked on to some extent at the same time. So let's cover a few other things and then we'll talk more about the history. Cause I know there's a lot there to discuss. So it goes zero to 60 miles per hour in 2.8 seconds with five G's of force. It's also the first and the only looping roller coaster in Walt Disney world, which to me is still hard to believe it is but i mean i guess if we think about disney they're not super well known for their thrill rides at least in florida and to kind of stick with that so speaking of thrill rides there are up to five g's of force which is i think one of i literally just said that oh (laughs) well it brings me to 
the best pun, which is that it's called G force records. So I love that. I think that goes with the story. And the ride duration is only one minute and 22 seconds. So not long, not long at all. But if you think about it, it makes sense for the speed. Yeah. So it's rumored, of course, Disney never releases all this information, but it's rumored that it took $50 million to build this. I think it's just important to think about that number in terms of something we're going to talk about as far as licensing in just a second. So why don't you walk us through some of that early history of this attraction? So as far as early history, so when MGM opened up in 19. 89. I wanted to get the year right. 1989. Um, there weren't a lot of rides. So there were about three rides. You think, did you think four? It's like a difference between rides and experience. So it was okay. backlot tour, which was not called backlight backlot tour at the time. What else was even there? Oh God. I don't know. The there great movie, ri- the great movie ride, the great movie ride. And then Indiana Jones was later. Star Tours was later. Mm-hmm. The, uh, I think that, uh, thing in the dark was there. <laughs> That's- the sound experience. Oh, okay. That would make sense. I I think that's about it. And the animation experience. Yes. So ultimately there wasn't much there when they started. So, you know, this is kind of where they always knew that they were going to expand and they definitely had the room to expand. So I think that's smart on their part to kind of allot that land early on. Um, So they started doing Tower of Terror. And like we said earlier, they were already planning to do rock and roller coaster, but because of the Euro Disney failure that it was in the very beginning, they had to make some cuts or some of those hard choices as far as what are we going to do first? Like what is really going to bring people to our parks? And they decided to go with Tower of Terror because at the time it was just more popular. Maybe they thought it was a more for sure option. It is crazy how many times in these ride histories that you bring up two things. A, the early failures of Disney's California Adventure. Uh-huh. And B, Euro Disney, now Disneyland Paris. Yes. It's just fascinating how much those failures can cripple the entire company and it's oh, yeah. widespread. So when things go wrong, it affects all of the parks across the board. Now, maybe that's not the case as much anymore, but definitely during the 80s and 90s, you saw that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So it was in 1992 when Sunset Boulevard started to be built. And it actually wasn't until 1998 that Rock and Roller Coaster began construction. And, you know, they always knew that they wanted to highlight, you know, the music industry in Hollywood. Um, it definitely tied in with the theme, especially of the area with Sunset Boulevard. Um, but they were kind of going back and forth as far as, you know, were they going to have a host? Band, And it turns out, and maybe this is not to your surprise, but it turns out that Aerosmith was not the first choice. Shocker. Are you you being sarcastic? Well, okay. So this is kind of a conversation I want to have because I grew up listening to this era of music because of my parents. Yeah. My parents are the biggest classic rock people that you can imagine your family was not y'all had like what (laughs) four cds you had shania twain garth brooks jimmy buffett is that it Uh, yeah that that pretty much covers it sheryl crow (laughs) yeah so So, i have quite the extensive uh, music background you did have acdc so i guess that gives you a little bit of exposure yeah dad had one cd in his car okay but i listened to a lot of this music and I think it's really interesting that Aerosmith was chosen because a, we are a family friendly show Aerosmith. A lot of what they do is not family friendly. Fair. It's not necessarily the cursing because I think that's where you would typically think of that. It's the innuendo, the references, everything. They get graphic. (laughs) I mean, So that's why I think it's weird. But let's talk about their other choices who came first. Okay. 
The Rolling Stones was their number one choice, reportedly. I think the Rolling Stones make a lot of sense. Now, is it a little weird to have a British band connected to Hollywood? I know the Rolling Stones spent a lot of time in Hollywood, obviously. That's maybe a little weird. Second choice was Kiss. If Which you can, is wild. So if you find a band that's worse than Aerosmith, it might be Kiss. Can you imagine a Gene Simmons depiction in a Disney ride? What I'm what I'm wrestling right now is just like the facial, like it's scary, especially for kids. I mean, this is a thrill ride, so I don't think anyone's taking their little kids on this ride. But like to have like merchandise or I mean, I don't know. That is kind of alarming. So it is funny. I mean, maybe Disney was just thinking like, what is classic rock and who is popular? You know, what is going to get people in the door? Because at the end of the day, that's what they're trying to do. I mean, they're trying to find a good hype man or group in this case for the ride. And I mean, I guess if you told people that Kiss was a part of the world, I mean, I don't, would that be a turn on or a turn off? It depends, honestly. <laughs> but Aerosmith does fit the bill where they broke on in the 70s and they released hits well into the 90s. And even the 2000s. Mm-hmm. So Aerosmith has decades and decades of success. I do think it's interesting, though. Of course, there's Aerosmith groupies out there and like major fans. But just hearing people like of that era who were alive in the 70s and 80s talk about Aerosmith, they're kind of a lot of people see them as like the Nickelback of us, of our age group. Well, so that brings me to a good point. So the reason why Aerosmith was even considered, because I don't even think they were on Disney's radar, if we're being honest, just based off of the research that we did. So they went through um, the Rolling Stones and their price tag was too high, pretty much. Um, And then Kiss, same problem. Supposedly Kiss asked for even more money than the Rolling Stones. And the Rolling Stones were supposedly $10 million. Yeah. Which a year, so not even just like a one time thing, like per year that the Rolling Stones were a part of the ride, $10 million. And that's why I think it's interesting to note that the ride reportedly cost $50 million to build. Mm -hmm. So in five years, you've already doubled the cost. Yeah. So it wasn't until Aerosmith recorded a song for the Disney movie Armageddon that they were considered. Have you ever seen that movie? I have. It was released under Touchstone, right? So it's technically Disney, but it doesn't, it's not released under a Disney label. Okay. But yeah, I don't want to miss a thing was the song that they recorded for Armageddon. Mm -hmm. So that's what. That's what opened up the door for the conversation to take place because it was a number one song. And I guess Disney recognized that, you know, there was a partnership there. Um, At this point, you know, until Aerosmith released that number one song. Disney had actually considered like, are we just going to eliminate the host band? So what they were thinking about doing was just picking popular rock songs and basically just playing it kind of like what they do now with the Aerosmith songs. They were just going to play it during the ride just as a overarching like rock and roll theme. So I think if they would have went that route, I would have been very interested to see how the setup beforehand would have happened because even that, you know, whether or not you think Aerosmith is the right choice, which I know we'll get to that with you in a minute. Um, you know, it does add the element for storytelling, which is ultimately what we're trying to look at here after we get through some of these fun facts. So, I mean, if nothing else, Aerosmith gives it, the direction that they needed. And another point to make about this time period is that I don't know how familiar many of you are, are with Steven Tyler. He is a very, very enthusiastic and very business minded person, I guess is maybe the correct way to say it is that he does not throw away opportunities. So he saw a gigantic opportunity here and there's been rumors that like, I think it was one of his most recent birthdays. He's in his seventies now, Oh wow! which is hard to believe. Yeah. I don't know if he looks good or bad for 70. 
You got to look good. I mean, it's for Hollywood. I think he looks good for 70. He went to Hollywood Studios and rode this ride and was still like gushing over it. Like, this is my ride. Uh-huh. So, you know, I'm sure Disney loved that, that, that these people were enthusiastic about it, where the Rolling Stones and Kiss had basically said like, yeah, you can use us for a price. Mm-hmm. And it was... You know, obviously Aerosmith was handsomely paid for this. We don't know the number, Mm -hmm. but I think it was more of a pride thing for them as well. I mean, I would be flattered if Disney asked me to be part of one of their rides. So maybe it's part of that. Maybe he's a secret Disney fan, but he did get, you know, not a ton of say in the way things would be set up. But it is said that him and Joe Perry had... um, a little bit of input as far as like maybe where to put instruments like in that um, scene, like in the recording studio. And then of course they got to write it before it was open to the public. And let's talk a little bit about the opening as well, because that was interesting. Yes. So when they opened it, they had this raffle and almost like this lottery system where if you won, you got to go eat at this buffet with Aerosmith, with different members of the band. And then everybody got to ride the ride. And the promise was that there was at least one member of Aerosmith on (laughs) your ride vehicle every time. That is crazy. What if they did that for, I know we're switching properties now. What if they did that for the new Jurassic world coaster? Like they said, everybody gets to ride with Chris Pratt with Chris Pratt or who is the female lead? Bryce Dallas Howard or Jessica Chest. They look the same. I literally couldn't tell you. I just care about Chris Pratt. It's Bryce Dallas Howard. Okay. I'm, Pretty sure Jessica Chastain fans don't get mad at me. They look so similar. I don't know. I I feel bad because they look so similar. But that is an interesting concept. I mean, again, it fits with the theme. So props to Disney and props to Aerosmith for being willing to do that. But I mean, that's quite the premiere. I can't think of anything quite like that. I mean, I guess if you think about like Galaxy's Edge, you know, they brought back, you know, the original Star Wars people to open it up, which was a nice touch. One other thing I want to hit on just talking about choosing Aerosmith. (laughs) So it was reported that they, they had this ride concept done already and it was band agnostic. They already knew the story that they were going to be telling before they struck a deal with a particular band. Is that what, is that the indication that you got as well? Yeah. So They could have went any route and brought in any band or any musician, whatever it might be. But I also think it's interesting to think about who is the target demographic for this ride? You know, are you saying as far as like an age group that would be interested in this band? Because I almost don't think Disney cares about that. And the only reason I say that is because if you look at the time frame and like you said, Steven Tyler is... 70 in his 70s it's older I mean people in that age bracket typically do not ride roller coasters to this caliber I mean it's an intense roller coaster and that's what makes it so polarizing so if we think about that I almost think that for the younger demographic Disney's depending on the fact that this is a thrilling roller coaster I think it's for the dads Really? I think this is a dad ride. Oh, why? (laughs) Why do you say that? I think that at the time that it was built, baby boomers were having children. Okay. They grew up with this music. This is, this is for the dads. Do we need to poll some dads? (laughs) We're going to have to do a poll now because I'm interested. Can we say that? I guess. Rock and roller coasters for the boys, for the dads. I I think it was. That's what I think that they were going for. Because why else? <laughs> like why why else Aerosmith? Yeah, like how else does this fit in there? I mean, I think it just fits with Hollywood. It does fit nicely. Like this is what I love about the storytelling series is once I actually critically think about where these things are situated, you know, where they're placed. If I take a hard look at what the theming is, it does start to click for me. 
And I do see a more cohesive, you know, plan and kind of what they were going for. Because to me, before this, rock and roller coaster was always maybe a little bit out of place. As in, I didn't quite understand how it fit into Sunset Boulevard. Now, after looking at it more, it does make sense. So I can appreciate that. Do you have trouble with Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster being set, what, 30, 40, 50 years apart, if not more? That's the only thing that I'm sort of struggling with is that they're right next to each other. There's not much separation and tower is in the twenties. Correct. Forties. Twenties, okay. 40. I don't know. We're, we're bad at remembering facts like that. We are, but I mean, rock and roller coaster was set when it was built. Right. So late nineties. I mean, yeah. I think it was a current. It wasn't a go back in time or anything. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, and it's still something that could fit in with today. I mean, you're getting backstage passes and you're trying to go to a concert again, whether or not it's Aerosmith that you're going to see might be a little different, but I mean, it is still something that's quite relevant. It's not a haunted hotel. So before we talk about some of the more in-depth storytelling aspects about walking through this ride and what you are supposed to be experiencing, let's talk about some of the different versions of this. Cause you that's real version. There's one other version, but there was a proposed second version. Okay. So let's start with Paris now RIP no longer there, but it opened up in 2002. Now it's being changed over to the Iron Man experience, which who does not think that's an upgrade? I'd like to talk to the person who doesn't think that's an upgrade. Oh yeah. I mean, I think it's props to Disney again for kind of recognizing where they can continue to move forward and how they can update things, because I think that's going to be a much bigger success than Avec, is that how you'd say it? Avec Aerosmith? Yeah, so it's Rock and Roller Coaster, Avec Aerosmith. Which is awesome. I need some merch that says that. Yeah, I mean, that just makes me smile just thinking about it. But even, you know, that was a lesser version of what we have in Hollywood Studios now because, you know, our concept is we're trying to get the backstage passes to go to the concert. You know, we'll get to that in a second. In Paris, their concept was that you're in a music video. Ooh. And instead of like the cutouts that we have, it's literally just smoke and lights, which sounds terrible. And it's like Steven Tyler has designed this thing himself right yeah to to be like a a better experience of a music video i don't know if it's supposed to be like you are in the music video like you're experiencing this new technology but to me it definitely sounds like a migraine waiting to happen you know what the funniest part of this entire thing is what they filmed it on the exact same day that they filmed the walt disney world version they're all wearing the exact same clothes do you think that means they filmed it on the same day or do you think that just means that they thought ahead enough to keep the outfits? I think they filmed it on the exact same day and they made a conscious decision. We're going a different direction with this story. And I don't, I don't know why. why. Why music video? I don't, I don't know if the thought behind it was like Hollywood is not Paris. So maybe they were just trying to do something a little different. I mean, I know it's in their version of Hollywood Studios. So it's in Walt Disney Studios. And I guess we don't know enough about that particular park. Is that set in Hollywood or is it just supposed to be a studio lot? I, I don't know. I mean, the name would make me just think maybe it's just a studio lot and maybe that's why they're trying to get away from the Hollywood aspect of it all. Maybe people in Paris don't care too much about L.A. traffic and getting to where they want to go. But they also have a Tower of Terror and I think it's the Hollywood Tower Hotel. Well, I mean, then in that case, I don't really know what they were thinking, but it's definitely the lesser <laughs> version. And I'm glad that hopefully Paris is going to get something that when we get to go someday, we'll be more excited to ride because I would not be excited to ride this. Oh, I would just for the comedy relief. 
oh, I'm telling you, migraine waiting to happen. I don't want to write it. So there was a rumor that they were going to also put a version of Rock in Roller Coaster into Disney's California Adventure. Okay, see, again, just speaking from the theme point of view, I could see it. It fits the California theme. I mean, the whole park is Disney's California Adventure, a Hollywood roller coaster fits. Do you know who the rot, who, what band they were going to use? If you had to guess, who do you think? Oh, I don't know. I'm not a good guesser. You're just going to have to tell me. No doubt. Gwen Stefani. <laughs> I didn't know she had a band. You didn't know Gwen Stefani was in a band before she sang Bananas? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I did not. We're learning something new today. You didn't know. Did you just think Gwen Stefani was Blake Shelton's girlfriend? What did no, you think? I mean, I know who Gwen Stefani is. I just didn't know she had a band. You just thought she was a solo artist? Yeah. What is that banana song called? I can't, I'm singing it in my head now. I'm going to sing it for the rest of the night, but I don't know. It helped me learn how to spell bananas. Well, thank God. <laughs> so I don't I think that would have been cool. No doubts. I think uh, not as popular as Aerosmith, but the time period that they would have put this in in the mid 2000s, that would have been pretty sweet. What would have fit? What if we got like a Destiny's Child? Ooh, that would have been pretty cool. We could always go for a little more Beyonce. And then at the end, Beyonce hijacks it and takes you on her own ride. I could support that. All right. So let's talk about some of the storytelling stuff. Okay. So as far as the storytelling. um, So, of course, you are making your way into G-Force Records where you are greeted by Aerosmith. And basically you walk into the recording studio, their manager comes in and they usher you to come with them since they have to leave, you know, Tyler Perry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. What a blunder. Tyler Perry. (laughs) I I can find the two names. Steven Tyler. Steven Tyler. My goodness. Steven Tyler comes up with the idea to give you backstage passes and that's where it all begins. And I feel like from that point is really where you can pick up on the storytelling. So we talk about a couple different things when we look at storytelling. First off, do you get the story from the outside of the ride? Sort of, I think. I think the only lingering question I have is why are we there? Is it just to you're in Hollywood? Brendan. Is it just do we stumbled into a recording session with you saw all the people lined up and you thought we have to get in line for this? That's the only question is I wish it was a little more clear as to why we are in here. Like if you I we can't compare it to Everest. They're in completely different leagues. Yeah. However, with Everest, you know, like I am a hiker. I am going to base camp. That's why I am here. With this, I feel it's a little, I guess it's just that Aerosmith invited you in to hear them record. What is it? Walk this way. Is that what they're recording when you walk in? I believe so. So, I mean, ultimately, I feel like that's where, though, you can start to piece things together. I mean, as far as the storytelling aspect. And then from there, you're ushered into this back alley where you're supposed to pick up your stretch limo to take you to the concert. So I do appreciate like the details back there. Um, It's definitely kind of eerie when you see the limo, the, you know, the ride take off at first, it definitely kind of gives you like that pit in your stomach feeling, um, which I think they were very intentional about like to put the launch right there before you get on the ride. So I think that's interesting. And then, I mean, the rest of the story is you are basically looping through and winding through traffic, trying to get to your backstage tour. Which I think that makes sense. I'm following all the way through. I just wish it was a little more clear of why are we there? I get that. I will say, so as I was thinking about this, 
And it's talking about like the different loops and the different turns and things that you do. It did make me think of our time in LA. The one time that we were in LA traffic, it was a nightmare. And I'm, <laughs> maybe if you are a Southern California person, you can fill us in more. You'll probably agree, honestly, because we heard horror stories before. So we've only been to Disneyland once. And on the dreaded day when you have to leave, you have to go back to the LAX airport. And we were in the taxi ride that felt like we were going to die in that taxi. It was terrible. He averaged 90 miles per hour. Averaged, meaning above and slightly below, but mainly above. Mainly above. And bobbing and weaving in and out of traffic. So I will say this ride pretty accurately depicts what it would be like to try to hurry anywhere in LA. It's chaotic. You're turned around. You don't really want to look. You probably close your eyes. <laughs> I did at a few points because you don't know what's going to happen. So in that aspect, I like the ride. And I think they really were going for that because you see the, um, like the interstate and the highway signs. So there's three different ones. I'm not good with directions or I'm not very familiar with road systems, but they're the ones that are really there. So props to them. And then you pass all those landmarks and you're going to the forum, which is a real venue. Mm -hmm. You pass through the Hollywood sign. So lots of little things like that, that, do help you tell the story. I don't think the neon and the cutouts are maybe the, I don't know, the most high tech way to show this. Um, I'm a big fan. I think we've talked about it before already, but like the Incredicoaster, it is so simple, but it tells such a great story. I almost feel like they could make this more simple and maybe tell it better. Well, it's dated itself already. Yeah. That's the issue I think you run into is that I think still the pre-show holds up pretty good. I mean, it's not great, but it's, it's okay. I it mean, it gives you the information you need and the quality looks fine. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't actually think Steven Tyler or Tyler Perry <laughs> are standing inside of there, but it looks realistic enough. I think it still holds up the neon. I don't even know if neon's the right word. It's like fluorescent. Yeah. I just think with where Disney's at now, they could for sure give it an update um, just to make that better. But at the end, I do appreciate that when you end, they you're on the red carpet, you know, you hear the cheers, like you've made it there. And like, they definitely make a big deal of that. Like you are now walking onto the red carpet and you've made it to your destination. So, you know, I can appreciate that there's, that there's a story throughout the whole thing and you know, it is easy to follow. I just wish the delivery was a little better. I think that's fair. So you want to get to our listener scores? Well, was there anything else that you felt like you needed to say about? So let me ask you this. If you could pick someone now to replace Aerosmith. I was going to get there. Oh, well, that was going to be in my final thoughts, but let's do it now. Let's okay. do it now. Here we go. Curveball. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I think a lot, many people will say the Jonas brothers. I would say the Jonas Brothers. But how realistically, how much longer are the Jonas Brothers going to perform together? Will it outdate okay. itself immediately? They've already broken up once. Exactly. And they came back together. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, if they have already come back together once, I feel like you have to withstand the test of time now. I don't know. I almost wish it was based on something fictional at this point. Like... Well, I mean, there's been rumors for years that it could be a Monsters, Inc. roller coaster. The problem is I like the story of the racing through traffic to get to a concert. I think that screams old school MGM, mm -hmm. which we love. The problem is music groups now. There's so many. There's not there's not as many who are at the level that Aerosmith was in their prime. So, I mean, who can you even think of that's still making music? Coldplay, maybe. Are they even making new music? Maroon 5. Maybe Maroon 5, but Adam Levine does his own thing. Yeah. More so than performs with Maroon 5. I mean, I would say Kings of Leon, but that's just because they're from Tennessee and we like them. So I don't know <laughs> if outside of Tennessee, people like if Kings of Leon. they care about him. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, that's a good point that it is kind of hard to keep people together when it's so easy to kind of break off and do your own thing. I like One Direction was probably the the most comparable one that we had through all of this. And they're done. What about um, is it BTS? Oh, man. What about that? Can you imagine the line if it was BTS? That would be a really smart move on Disney's part, though. Of screaming preteens. I mean, that's. That talk about taking a ride in a different direction. That would go from being, um, as you said, for the dads to being for the teenage girls, which would be entertaining. I I just I'm no music industry expert by any means. I just feel like music genres have broken into so many different categories and people are very specific about what they listen to. You know, you have pop radio stations, which we listen to, but who's like a genuine, I guess it doesn't necessarily have to be a rock band. You could put Taylor Swift in there, but I doubt it. I doubt, I doubt that would ever happen. I also think you have to pick music that fits with a roller coaster. I mean, to be honest, the music that they play isn't bad. You know, it fits with the high pace. Um, It goes with kind of that adrenaline rush that you feel when you're on the ride. So I do think to a certain extent, if you were to pick a band, you do have to pick a band that would still fit that feeling that they're going for. So... I mean, I agree with not changing it to something just like random or just completely Disney because I don't think it fits Hollywood Studios and being next to Tower of Terror. So I do think you have to be careful about that. But I could go for a new band someday. I don't know who. I don't know if there is like a perfect replacement, which is probably why Disney hasn't tried to. I mean, I don't know. But if I had to guess, I mean, unless you had like a really obvious choice, it was going to be either the same price or cheaper. I don't see why they would change it. But it's a ticking time bomb, right? They have to change it eventually. 20 years from now, you cannot go and ride a ride featuring Aerosmith. Can you? <laughs> uh, and it's Disney. Anything's possible, I guess. I think it just depends on if they want to sink the money into it. At the end of the day, they can either be like complacent with who they have or they can go out and search for someone better. But I think, again, it's going to come at a, at a premium cost. So if you have a band or a musician or a new ride idea, if you're on YouTube, drop it in the comments below. If you're somewhere else, send it to us in DM and we'll share it out there. I don't know. I, I'm, I feel like one day I'll think of the perfect one, but I haven't thought of it yet. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep thinking. I'm sure next time we write it, maybe it'll come to us. All right. So let's go to Facebook and hear what our friends had to say there. So each week we ask our Facebook community to give their Neverland score for this, which Catherine and I will give our score at the very end. And so if you would like the opportunity to share your score, you can search for Detour to Neverland podcast community. It's also linked in the show notes below. You can head over there and get your score read on the next show. So our friend Jake started off with a bang. He was quick. It was like, I posted this and it was like three minutes later he had posted his response. Well, thank you, Jake. 10 out of 10. Love this ride with every fiber of my being. If they change the Aerosmith theming, I will cry. So, And that is kind of where you get polarizing because some people love it. And then some people like us maybe appreciate it, but aren't crazy about it. So we see a lot of that in some of these comments is love it or hate it. Our friend Lauren said, I've aged out of this ride. I can't do upside down stuff anymore, but I did always appreciate the theming from start to finish and how they really brought you into the story. I think that's fair. Uh, We've recently learned we can't ride Hulk anymore at Universal. I think we're still good on rock and roller coaster you don't particularly love it right yeah it's been a while since i've just loved this ride um i think just because i don't really like the beginning like the launch because it is i mean it's zero to 60 in 2.8 seconds which is a lot and that always kind of makes me like so i don't know about that but it doesn't give me headaches quite like the hulk did that one killed us i think it helps that it's only a minute and 20 seconds long 
Yeah. If it was longer, you'd probably everybody get off it nauseous. That's true. So next, our friend Erica gave it an 8.25 out of 10. The ride itself is a 10 out of 10 every time, but I think the theming should definitely change. And like I said, I think it has to eventually. I would, if we go in 2040 and Aerosmith is still there, that's. And I, then I owe you one. We'll I see. Would, we're, we'll bet on it right now. If that's on true, the record, then I bet that the Little Mermaid uh, lasers are still there too. Okay, that now you're pushing it. Now you're pushing your luck. <laughs> Sean gave it a nine. I love Aerosmith and always will. Reminds me of my high school trips and nostalgia is through the roof. I'll never not ride this ride. I can appreciate that too. I mean, I think going to Disney, like in high school and even in middle school, like this is the ride to ride just because, you know, as you're kind of making that transition from, you know, being a kid to then going when you're a little older, I mean, this is one of those top attractions and, you know, it changes as you're an adult a little bit because you don't, I mean, I don't mind riding like some of the kiddie rides now, but when you're in that age, you know, you don't want to feel like a baby anymore or whatever. So I think, you know, this ride stands out to me. Tower of Terror stands out to me as being something um, that kind of highlights like those years, probably for a lot of people. So that makes sense. I mean, would you consider this nostalgic? I do. It was my first upside down roller coaster. Was it yours? Probably. Or maybe been something like in Hershey Park for you. Um, I definitely would have done this first. So, and the good thing about this too, and I don't know, I'd love to hear stories if someone like tricked you onto this ride and you didn't know that it went upside down because you can't see it, which I think is interesting too, because, you know, if, if you are new at roller coasters, typically you can kind of gauge what it's going to be like. And this one is completely impossible to gauge because it's inside. So you're kind of going into it blindly, which is again, terrifying. Yeah, I think so. I actually heard a story of people saying that back in the day, the cast members were instructed to not tell people what the ride was like from the like outside. That it looped. Yeah, that it looped so that they, people would go ask and they wouldn't tell you. They wouldn't give you a straight answer. Now, I think they'd tell you exactly. It goes zero to six in <laughs> 2.8 seconds. It does a loop. You should not ride it if you have these, 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 these conditions. Yeah. It's just a different age that we're in. Well, yeah, you have to be a little more descriptive now, I feel like. So our friend Catherine said seven. I like the ride, but usually end up with a headache. I think that's you. It doesn't. You said it's not awful for you, but sometimes I feel like for me, the big indication is if I'm going to be hurting later is like, can I keep my head against the headrest or like, does my head bobble (laughs) on the headrest? Maybe I need a stronger neck. But for Hulk, it was pretty much impossible to keep my head back the entire time for this one. I don't think it's as bad. It's more manageable. I'm interested to know your thoughts here. Katie said, never ridden it. Have heard it's the most intense ride at Walt Disney World. Curious to know if others agree. Do you think it's the most intense ride at Walt Disney World? What else would be in contention, I guess, is the first question. Everest. Everest. I mean, Mission Space. Well, for the way that it for the way that it makes you feel. Is that intense or just that's just pure nausea? I think it's both. I mean, I think I think the nausea makes it intense. Okay. But I think as far as other thrill rides, I mean, you could put Tower of Terror into that category because of again like the nauseous feeling that some people might feel when you drop. But as far as roller coasters, this is definitely is it the fastest? I mean, it must be. Uh, what does Test Track get to? I know that's not a oh, roller coaster. Okay, yeah, I do think Test Track is faster. But I think as far as, as, far as, as speed for roller coasters, I believe this is the fastest. Mm-hmm. But it's it's mild compared to a lot of stuff at Universal. I think you just have to look at Disney because. I mean, that's what we experienced a lot of times is we, you know, would just go to Disney on vacation. We wouldn't even go to Universal. We would never even consider going to Universal a lot of times because once you're in that Disney bubble, you know, it's hard to get out. So I feel like you can't really compare it to what's over there because it is so different. 
Last two, our friend Christy said, it gives me such a horrible headache. I'm not sure if I want to ride it again. I'm too short and my head hits the safety bar. And I think that's, that's like what we experienced on Hulk. Yeah. We couldn't get our head to the position that it needed to be. And then lastly, Amanda said, my two older kids rode it for the first time, I think three times in a row in March, they're ages 10 and seven, and they loved it. I think even more than Space Mountain, they said it was a real roller coaster. And I think that's what people, kids in that age range are looking for. You know, it gives you the thrill that is missing in a lot of other Disney parks. And I think that's a big part of why Hollywood Studios is kind of making a comeback right now, because that's what a lot of people are looking for, like the adventure and the thrill. I think that's in Hollywood Studios now more than ever. And I think this ride plays a huge role in that. Do you think it's more thrilling than in Coaster? That's a hard one just because we've only done an Incredible Coaster once. I think this one is more thrilling again because you can't see it. So if you've never been on it, no matter, I feel like no matter how many times you read what's going to happen until you experience it and until you go from zero to 60 into that loop, you know, it's, it's a different feeling. On the Incredicoaster, you can see what's going to happen. Yeah, but a lot of, I mean, a lot of it's hidden, like on those little tubes that they put you in as well. That's the only thing I would say. I mean, it's still outdoors, so you can brace yourself a little bit more. Mm -hmm. For the longest time, I didn't know that Rock and Roller Coaster went into a loop immediately after the launch. I don't know why. I just never felt the sensation blackout or something i don't know maybe maybe all right so let's get to our neverland scores this is based on 10 different categories like i said if you want to do these in the future we post it in our facebook group and you can go there and submit your scores and play along at home so we had a little bit of a discrepancy here did we i gave it a 7.25 And you gave it a six. I did. So the biggest areas where we disagreed, rewritability, I said, can we go right now? You gave it. So I gave it full marks. You gave it 0.75. We were pretty much the same in most areas. I thought that it was interesting. You gave it full marks for nostalgia. I did for that same reason where I think this is kind of pivotal in just like your Disney history, Um, you know, like going with friends in high school, this was a big ride that we would have to do multiple times. Like you get off, you get back in line, you know, you wait the hour or whatever it is. And like, you don't care because you're so excited to ride this ride. Um, So I think that was a big part of it. Um, and just that, I mean, it's been there for so long, you know, when you think about Hollywood studios, I think there's a lot of new in Hollywood studios, which we like definitely not complaining, but you know, this is Hollywood studios nostalgia that fits with sunset Boulevard. I also thought it was interesting that there's, there's always been a discrepancy between us. We've had this, uh, I don't, it's not an argument debate (laughs) for forever of should you fast pass this or tower of terror? Normally you win and we do tower and then the, the rechanging of the tiers also helped Mm -hmm. for this because then for a while it was slinky or bust. Oh, like if you can't get slinky, you might as well not even go to Hollywood studios. (laughs) Well, maybe that's just an us thing, but I will say your family prefers rock and roller coaster. So when we go with your family, they always beat us out on this because so many people in that group don't like tower. So maybe that's why when it's just us, I win the tower of terror. And when we go with other people, I think more people do choose rock and roller coaster. The last thing I wanted to hit on was love it or fix it. I gave it a higher score than you did. Did you? You gave it. She's a bit of a fixer upper. I said, just don't change it too much, which I just think it needs a new, new face. See, that's where I think we change because I would get rid of the cutouts and the neon. I would, I don't know what, I'm not an Imagineer, so it's not my job, but I think that could use a big facelift. And I mean, I wouldn't change the story. 
I don't even know if I really care to change Aerosmith that much because to me, I don't really know how much it makes a difference to have just like that face of the band, but I would change the technology and the, and the delivery of everything. Okay. New idea. Okay. We're starting over from scratch and we're, I think maybe you struck gold unintentionally. We're going with Tyler Perry and we're going to do all Tyler Perry movies in one attraction. So we're going to do Medea movies. I don't know what else Tyler Perry does, <laughs> but we're going to do a, basically a Medea roller coaster. Uh, that doesn't really sound like Disney. It wasn't part of the Fox acquisition. I mean, it might be, but it's probably something that they're not really claiming. Any other thoughts that you have on rock in roller coaster? No, not really. What are we going to do next? I guess is the real question. Well, we didn't pick one beforehand. We didn't. Can we think of one on the fly? It's got to be either Epcot or Animal Kingdom. Mm-hmm. So we have a tendency. We like to switch up the parks and we have somewhat of an order going for us. So um, Disneyland, Magic Kingdom, Hollywood Studios. Anything We're running low in Animal Kingdom. So I don't know if we can think of something in Epcot that might be better. We'll have to, we'll have to come back. Well, this is bad radio. <laughs> we, I think I've the trick, it. you have one? Nemo. Okay. The seas with Nemo. That's what we're doing. I like it. All right. And I, I really like going on that ride right now because there's nobody there. That talk about something that we missed out on for peaceful. Holy cow. Yeah, you're right. The, the seas is terribly peaceful. Painfully plus, peaceful. Plus we like getting to look at the manatees. Lou. Is this Lewis or Lou? I think it's just Lou. Lou is the man. Next time you're in the seas, go see Lou the manatee. You will not be disappointed. He loves to do twirls Mm -hmm. and deep dive bombs. He's a good manatee. He's a good manatee. So I guess that about wraps it up for this episode. Of course, we'll be back again on Monday to continue our One Little Spark series. So tune in again and thanks for watching. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Make sure you subscribe and leave us an iTunes review if you enjoyed the show. Between episodes, you can find us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland or visit DetourToNeverland.com. We appreciate you letting us be.